This call me a hockey puck. Come on, call right, me a hockey puck. You're a hockey puck. Thank you very Not much. Not only are you a hockey puck, yeah. you're a hockey puck that's a little slow. <laughs> I don't know how I got that with a hockey Isn't that strange? It's a nice, I to like it. To this day, I have no idea. You call somebody a hockey puck. I must have way it's back. Good, yeah. Yeah. But I, But I really don't recall. Uh, De Niro's like you. But he's I, like your good friend, isn't he? Well, you actually hang around with Robert. Well, he got engaged at my house. No. Yes. I'm not, no, I'm making it up. Toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. Woo! The secret layer is almost done. It is. Well, I saw you found uh, boxes. Yes, I found all the missing stuff. What, what, so what was missing still? What did you end up uh, coming across? Okay, so two nights ago I found the box that had my Mattel PKE meter. That's that a big right one. There, that's a that big was, one. That was a big deal because that's hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And I'm like, well, even if the rest are gone, this is pretty good. See, what was killing me is that I knew the other ones, uh, like for example, part of it was those McDonald's uh, Ghostbusters 2 illustrated placemats. Yeah. Those are big. They're placemats. I'm like, they don't fit in the little diamond uh, boxes, the normal comic boxes uh, that they ship comics into. That's, that's, <laughs> I, I've been on this planet many years, and if I can give people one piece of advice, is if you have lots of books, every Wednesday, go to your local comic shop and see if you can take their comic boxes off their hands. Uh, they're, they're tiny little ones that are, imagine, okay, so what's a, a comic? Eight and a half by eleven, roughly. Yeah, ish, a little smaller than. Yeah. Two of those side by side, maybe seven or eight inches stacked up. That's the size of the box. And the reason they do that is because they pack them full of comics. You don't want a huge box. You're not going to be able to lift it. So it's these easy to manage, and they're durable. They're super durable boxes. Right. So I've been collecting them for years. I got hundreds of those, and some of them filled with comics, some of them filled with DVDs, other stuff. You name it. I knew most of the stuff that was missing was not in this type of box because it would not fit. It was in the larger diamond boxes that they put their um, their merch in that they shipped to uh, to people. And I'd been through the garage. They're, you know what I mean? It's they're the big boxes, so they'd stand out. And I I looked everywhere, and I they didn't pop out. And I'm like, they got to be gone. The one sliver of hope was that they were like sitting way in back. And sure enough, that's what happened. <laughs> they were <laughs> since they were since they were out on top of the stuff in storage in the garage at the last place they got packed into the truck first uh, which meant they got so as they're unloading it I don't know how they managed it but as they're unloading it they ended up that stuff ended up tucked into the back piled under uh, all these boxes under the there's wooden shelves in the garage that, that the, the owners put in here they were under these shelves packed in back against the wall and then surrounded by dozens and dozens and dozens of these little boxes so I oh, finally, man. finally dialed down there was two of these big boxes and a couple of the little ones that were filled with all the missing stuff so <laughs> Mattel PKE meter uh, let me look over here uh, yeah the prototype uh, Slimer puppet that was a big one I didn't want to lose right yeah um, the run of Johnny Lightning Ectos. 
so that's again another one that I can't imagine trying to replace that now just um, what else did I have lobby cards uh, placemats oh the the Suncor the gas station Ghostbuster 2 glasses oh right yeah oh my god I forgot about those yeah. I have a full set of those uh, and one of the little ad inserts that went in with them. Like it's it's again beautiful. I love yeah. those old eighties collector's glasses. Those are I those are fines. Those are things that still seek a huge price that uh nah, good thing I didn't you found lose them, these. Man. But I mean I had a feeling uh, that that was gonna be the case, that they were gonna be, you know, under a, a pyramid of boxes somewhere and once <laughs> you guys settled into the house, that's when you were gonna find them. So that's that's good. Yeah, the one the one problem the only reason I was concerned about them being missing is that the old place we were at, I had a, a box, a sizable box that I was using to move, like I was taking, uh, lugging um, board games around to a couple of board game events. And they were sitting out in the, like, uh, at the edge of our stuff in storage in the garage there. And the box walked away. And that was like $400 plus Ooh. worth of board games. Oof. And, uh, yeah, and like I said, I don't know if that was the uh, friends of, of um, the, 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 the teenagers that, that lived upstairs, you know, got in there, or uh, sometimes the door was not methodically uh, locked at night, so maybe somebody wandered in and grabbed something easy, I don't know. But like I said, it, it, there was this small sliver of, well, crap, these were yeah. Walked away too. Maybe they just walked away, but uh, nope. Yeah, found. They're here. <sighs> Drum Viewmaster, the gift set, the real Ghostbusters Viewmaster gift set. Like I have that. Jeez, uh, you and just uh, at what's his name on uh, Twitter are gonna have to put together a museum. James, uh, I'm blanking on his name. The guy that's collecting <laughs> everything, all of the <laughs> prototypes and all of the costumes and props and. Uh, and uh, Alex Newburn there, just everybody. Yeah, did. Alex too. James uh, Shrek is that his name? Sorry, buddy. I'm so, I've, I am so. You, you guys can probably hit in our voices. Chris and I are punchy. both just like. Uh, I'm wiped fine. Here. I don't know what your problem is. Oh, all right. Well, you're drinking a Rockstar too, so that helps. You're getting the caffeine. You're getting normal. the caffeine coursing through your veins. Yeah. Uh, actually, the funny part though is I pulled it. I reached in. I pulled out of the box uh, a Ziploc bag with a not a large pile but you know maybe a dozen original 1984 bumper stickers like i've been slimed and back off man i'm a scientist nice. they were nice some of the some of the original uh merch when they didn't really make merch for yeah. these um for the original movie too much and i was laughing because just about two weeks ago i was looking at those same things on ebay going man those would be great to have <laughs> You forgot you had them. I should buy those. Oh man, no, maybe That's... I'll wait. And then turns out I had them already. Lo and behold, you already own them. That's that's, that's when you know you've room. got a big collection. Is you forget exactly. the stuff that you have. I mean, I need this room so I can have everything out and I can enjoy it. The the trouble is, is the largest part of the collection has been in boxes for a decade or so. Well, now no longer. You've got your collector's room. You got your uh, your basement. The recording studio is coming <laughs> up and. Secret Studio North. Yeah, Secret Studio North is ready to go, it sounds like. So, uh, man, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm happy. That made my week. Yeah, I, as it should. 
I mean, that's, I know, right? that's a, a huge loss if all of those were gone. But The world can go to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> I'm fine now, thanks. <laughs> I've got my Viewmaster. <laughs> war hell with war the world. With, that's right. War with North Korea? Eh, oh, I yeah. got my... I got my original Wimpy's kids meal box. Hooray! Let let them launch their missiles. I'm going to sit here and drink out of my uh, vintage 1989 gas station glasses. Yeah. Uh, well, it hey. Is this, it is with sadness that I must announce our country must go to war. Have you ever seen a ghost in a can? Like, I got two of them. Do you want one? I can give you one. Like, just. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey, that's that's foreign diplomacy. If you can uh, get a, a ghost in the can uh, to somebody and be like, "Do you know how rare these are? These were only available in Canada, in and a Canada. lot of them are still, you know, it's tough to find one that's sealed and just yeah. Yeah, let's talk this and the, out." And the glowing paint still works. I mean, yeah, come put on. down those nuclear launch codes. Come on, <laughs> let us shake hands and share a ghost in a can. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, uh, we went to a dark place, so I feel like we should get... Here's here's the thing. The the Yes Have Some guys no. said that we don't have passion. I think it's because we're always tired. So if they have That's passion, uh, we're just tired. We're tired. No, see, we're old and we're cranky. This is your mistake. You went to a dark place. I'm in my happy place. <laughs> I'm looking at my stuff, man. You're the one that brought up war. I got... <laughs> Come I got, on. I got I got four tins of Slimer Sours, and they gave me the box that they came in. <laughs> so Everything's coming up Millhouse. <laughs> Everything's coming up Millhouse. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, let's uh, let's launch into some news, because uh, in addition to news, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Cyclotron stuff, because we got... we I hold in my hands some notes from Mr. Michael Tanaka, uh, and... <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> the, the minute we finish an episode in the distance, you hear, and, a, and an eagle flies in with a parchment from Michael Tanaka and all of his notes it's, on our it, episode. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, bless bless him for his uh, diligence because I I I half expect it now. Every time we finish an episode, especially one that that deals with the IDW comics, I can hear. I know that he doesn't use a typewriter anymore, but I hear the like, you know, so we've, we've got some notes that we're going to go through, but parchment and quill tied with the finest red silk ribbon and to the claw of a peregrine falcon with the wax seal of Tanaka. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. We're making we we tease because we love you, man. This is this is awesome. Come we're gonna forth and bear witness <laughs> on page four, panel twelve. That's not a real Ghostbusters ghost sweeper. That's a box for the ecto goggles. All right, thank you, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, right, let's <laughs> let's launch into it because Michael Michael did send some awesome stuff over. We're yes, we're gonna talk about that started. first. Here we go. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. All right, so as promised, I'm, I'm doing my best Carson here. I hold in my hands the envelope that has arrived from Mr. Michael Tanaka. And uh, let's start out with, with corrections. Uh, because we, you know, on the Cyclotrons, we do a lot of it off the cuff. We do have a rundown, much like we have for every episode. And uh-huh. uh, But, you know, because it's a roundtable discussion, uh, obviously the conversation goes in places that we don't have reference material readily on hand. And uh, 
Um, you know, it's, uh, we I do our best. We do our best. And, and in order to stay engaged in the conversation, uh, we try not to access our computers and Google stuff on, on the fly while we're on the show. So, uh, when we have the money for a researcher, we'll definitely have that. You know, when you listen to Gilbert Gottfried's podcast and they say, well, who was that guy in that thing? And then there's somebody in the back of the studio that, that searches Frank, for him. Frank someday. number two is, is there off in yeah, the back. Yeah. That's going to be us. We're going to have that person someday. But until then, we get stuff afterwards uh, from Michael. And and again, I mean, I know we were teasing him earlier. <laughs> here comes here comes the uh, the carrier pigeon. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I mean, I love when we get these emails from him because it's it's always really detailed and thorough. And it's it, again, it's it's stuff that I love and I love to pour over. So uh, very very much worth uh, talking about here on the air. So uh, these are his words coming to you guys to the to the mass audience. Uh, mainly a lot of us being hit over the head by some stuff. So, uh, 101 is only six issues. Um, so we, we yes. had some debate on the cyclotron. Is it 10 issues? Is it going to be more than that? Is it going to be a full year? Um, I think we were kind of guesstimating like international. It was going to be two trade paperbacks of 12 issues, six per issue. Yeah. And yeah. now that's not the case. Yeah. And, and, uh, Michael is under the belief that the, um, the, the trade is going to come out. It's going to be uh, 120 pages plus the covers galley um, and then some class notes and, and some bonus features in there. So uh, that makes sense. Uh, we did. I, I thought math was somewhere around like six to seven issues for that trade. So I guess that makes sense. That will be the entirety of the Ghostbusters uh, 101 uh, miniseries. But, uh, so that's good. You're going to have it all in one place uh, to, to read it from top to bottom, which will be great. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we had a little debate about in Walter Peck's office. Um, there's a, a photo in the background of a, a yellow dress lady. Um, and uh, Mr. Dapper Dan Shoning actually <laughs> called it out on his Twitter. Uh, he didn't tell us who it was, though. He, he, he did. Uh, he teased us a little bit. But um, Michael says he has no clue either. Um, he thinks maybe it's somebody from the video game or uh, could could be anything, but um, so yeah, uh, Dan, you're playing coy with that one, so we're guessing it's it's somebody near and dear to your heart, uh, or it's somebody you don't want us to identify because uh, you snuck it in there. That's okay. So uh, Pex Awards, uh, he said, yep, those have been there since the ongoing series. I apologize. That's I'm, I'm oblivious sometimes. So when we notice the Wally Wick Awards and things like that, uh, you know. That's that's the continuity that Dan and the the creative team on IDW they really they have that keen eye for everything and those backgrounds and and everything that uh, they well let, let's not uh, let's beat, not beat ourselves up too much because we only started this two years ago I can't do the count now no oh my god are we about to hit three we're about to hit three yeah in in July uh, it was June July but yeah. My point still stands. The IDW series was running for quite some time prior to that. And right. so while we individually may have been reading and enjoying it, we weren't doing an issue-by-issue issue, uh, Easter egg hunt. So I'm going to file that one under <laughs> sod, maybe. Yeah. Forgot and, about and it. it. It sort of, you know, when we weren't Why? pouring over it and doing uh, hour-long uh, roundtable discussions about it, maybe. We don't yeah. need to remember because we have Michael Tanaka. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Uh, so. so anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so Michael calls out, uh, Chris, you had, you had talked about a yellow thing that's sitting on the shelf, uh, in Egon's lab. Yes. Uh, it that looks you very said specific very to specific. me. And, uh, sure enough. Yes, indeed. It was, uh, from real ghostbusters. It's the dimensional inverter. 
Uh, and he does, he does mention that you see it every now and then in the comic. Um, so if you stand it up as it, cause it's sort of laying on a horizontal position. If you stand it up vertically, that's what you end up seeing in, in the real Ghostbusters, uh, episodes. Yeah, um, and, uh, Michael believes that that's, uh, when Halloween was forever that, uh, Dan pulled that far from. So, uh, yeah. one of the, one of the episodes that's on Netflix. So check it out and, uh, see, see it for yourself. See if you can spot the Easter egg. Um, let, let's see what else did he send here. Oh, the, uh, bloody is another recurring drink in the comic. Um, that came from the Halloween door, real ghostbusters. Yep. It's on the Times square billboard. That's in that episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, uh, sort of in that same Coca-Cola design. So it's, it was greeked out by the real ghostbusters team and now it's uh, available for use in the IDW comics. Um, <laughs> and then all right michael's next comment is uh lol i do not pay them off nor do they send me lists <laughs> that would be so much easier and it would save me 12 hours of my life per issue well i i again we were teasing you man um uh, if they were paying you that would be pretty awesome if they were like if you were their lore keeper the the uh uh, what is it in uh, Game of Thrones? The Maester? You would be like the Maester of uh, IDW Comics? Um, I, I feel like they should hire you. It would be well worth their money. Yes. We were just teasing you, Michael. They're not paying you off, nor do you pay them. Wink, wink. <laughs> but seriously, you have to report that in your taxes. Um, all right, so Gowanus. <laughs> Overwrought stage, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. I think he's talking to you. Man, that's my second Simpsons reference. What go. am I doing? Yeah, go you can tell it. I'm tired. How uh, many days have you been up for now? Uh, this is where, what day is it? Wednesday. Uh, this is uh, day five. Day five. Ah, well, you should be having fun. You started hallucinating after three. So. Yes, I've started taking micro naps. So if if you hear me go <laughs> silent in the middle of the, of the episode, I just I'll be awake in a second. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Small aside, we took Thomas to see Boss Baby, and now he runs around the house. Power nap. <laughs> is that is that uh, the recurring thing in Boss Baby? I have to I have not yes, seen Boss Baby. He yeah. takes these tiny little uh, nod offs like babies do, and then he wakes up and he goes stress nap, <laughs> power nap. Uh, he's he's learning. He's he's ready yes. for the business world. Yeah. Oh, he is. Trust me. Uh, so uh, Gowanus. <coughs> um, so uh, Michael says that he was yelling at me while he was listening to the podcast because it was on his list. And yes, sure enough, it was on his his notes that I had uh, pulled off of GB fans. Um, so he says that the story behind that is that Eric Burnham likes looking for names of New York places that have funny names, and he puts them in a script. So every so often in the comics, you will see like Schenectady, Schenectady, the one I can never pronounce, Schenectady, Schenectady. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, things, things that, uh, Eric Burnham finds funny or, or, I mean, it's, it's for comedic value, you know, bumper fender, what's funnier. We'll find that in New York and, and we'll use that. So Gowanus, <laughs> that's where that came from. Um, but so, okay, here's, here's where I, and again, uh, Michael, everything you send us, I, I love. Um, but the reason I didn't respond to your email is because you had this paragraph that came up next that Chris, I wanted to respond to Michael by you and I talking about it on the air. Um, yes. The, the discussion about classes. Um, so in the back of Ghostbusters 101, um, they, they have these class notes where they talked about the class one through seven ghosts. And uh, when Mr. John Yurkaba and you and I were talking about this, there was a lot of stuff in there that was new to us. Um, but then we also talked about, well, why then to Jonas did this symbiotic relationship that like Vigo, the Carpathian had, why did that 
did that apply? Why couldn't they just go name him and that would take care of him? Um, I'm, I'm playing it. I'm being vague because we didn't put a spoiler alert on this. So if you haven't read the issue, uh, you have no idea what we're talking about in this segment. And I'm sorry. But uh, so so Michael says uh, in regards to the classes in Jonas, he says, I interpreted that as Jonas knew that he was Jonas and he used the slimes power because he knew that uh, uh, he knew that was Luna Park when it appeared. Uh, did I miss a sentence? Sorry, Michael. He knew and used the slimes power because he knew that was Luna Park when it appeared. Okay, so he, oh, I get it. So he recognized Luna Park as he was manifesting it. Um, but the Ghostbusters had no clue who the ghost was. They didn't identify him as Jonas yet. So to them, he was just a class three. So if you look at Melanie's files from Ghostbusters International, it's often Kylie who figures out the ghost name after the fact. Slimer slime is regular slime, so he's not powerful like the mood slime, which is a different type of slime in my opinion. So uh, this makes sense. The Ghostbusters had no idea that this guy's name was Jonas, had no idea that uh, they were just responding to a call that this ghost was manifesting Luna Park back at Coney Island. Uh, which which makes total sense. So they couldn't go out there and name him and say, hey, buddy, your name's Jonas. Uh, great. Do you have resolution? Be gone. Uh, and, right. and and that makes total sense. Um, now, now, this thing about different slimes, though, that's new to me. And that's, that's intriguing because we had a discussion about how the uh, positive slime manifests at Coney Island, uh, how the negative slime manifests uh, under New York City in the second movie, um, and even in relation to like the black slime that you have in the video game, uh, how, how do these, where do these come from? Uh, do those vibes themselves manifest physically as the slime? Does the slime already exist there? And then it's charged by the, the negativity or the positivity. Um, that's, that, that was kind of the discussion that we had with John. And so, uh, what Michael is saying is that, um, the mood slime is totally different. Uh, the, the slime that Slimer is comprised of or the ectoplasm that all of these other ghosts are comprised of uh, is something completely different than this goo that sort of pools in wherever, like like the Coney Island thing or under uh, the Mass City Transit. Um, so that's that's interesting. I, I just sort of lumped them all together. Did you ever have that impression, Chris, that, that there were different types of, fli- of slime, different types of ectoplasm? Uh, I don't know if I really sat down and pondered it too hard yeah. i think kind yeah. of i had a knee-jerk reaction that slimer and ghosts their ectoplasm was just the material that they needed and used to manifest themselves to give them some physicality um you know being extra dimensional yeah uh but then yeah once it moved out into pink slime and all that again i just i don't know i i think i just kind of went with the flow like ghosts have to be made of something, so there's their thing. But then, you know, the bad vibes of New York was manifesting physically, so it was something slightly different. And then by the time we got to the video game, there's the black slime, which is, yeah, like I said, I I, I didn't really overthink it, just preferred to kind of roll with what we needed. Yeah. I mean, to that end, the whole thing in the write-up in the comic about uh, Vigo... And the slime powering him and and all that. Like, he's essentially a ghost who's powered by... Whereas I just was kind of like, well, he's a magician. He magicianed himself. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's... In my head, it was like, it was more of a, I'm dying, but here's a spell, and I'm coming back later. Woohoo! And, yeah. 
the uh, the pseudoscience behind it. Uh, I, and and we've talked about that a few times on the podcast. Uh, that's that's not exactly. You know, there was never a clear explanation as to why some no. ghosts are human, why some ghosts are these v- vicious monsters, why some of them are animal. And and to Eric and, and everybody on the IDW team's credit, they're now trying to put that into, especially with the Tobin Spirit Guide, you now have a better understanding of uh, what these, these animalistic uh, creatures, how they're comprised into different classes, and how these things that are yeah. aware of themselves are, are comprised into different classes. So, Which trying, I think is great. Trying to make sense I of mean, it, yeah. I mean, every time they slap something new into the franchise, uh, it kind of puts stress on the uh, the buys of the original movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, the buy being, there are ghosts. Don't question it too much. You just yeah, have to believe yeah. there are ghosts. And away we go. Yeah, sometimes uh, sometimes a pipe is a pipe, while sometimes slime is slime. Uh, there's you know, Yeah can't can't really read too much into it otherwise i mean again it's uh the, the suspension of disbelief if you start c- pulling at some of these threads then a lot of the stuff just starts to, to unravel but yeah the, well to paraphrase buckaroo bonsai whoa, whoa, whoa don't pull on that don't know what it's <laughs> connected to yeah, exactly. um i mean it's like people asking about the the taxi uh ghost is it a ghost or did the spirit thing go into the tailpipe and change the human driver right, like, right. <laughs> and it's it's one of those things that you know don't don't pull at that too much it will unravel and you kind of just got to roll with it um yeah it's a fantastic but, uh, like world said, and yeah i'm okay that as we go along you know uh, burnham and them are kind of doing the 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 universe equivalent of what the prop builders did with the packs which was to take separate sources none of which perfectly matched up but were sort of close to one another you know split the difference in places and came up with a you know and here is what it is yeah um, yeah so well, you know the prop builders looking at all the different packs and they have all their little differences managed to now all the plans that come out are kind of a community agreed amalgam of all the different source materials, Burnham and Shoning and IDW are kind of doing the same with, with the, uh, the metaphysical lore yeah, of yeah. Ghostbusters. Well, and, and not, not dissimilar from what the, what the prop builders did a while ago and, and still are doing to this day with the, the sort of pseudoscience behind things on the proton packs. Like, yeah, you know, the, the art department, the props guys put uh, clippered valves on things because they looked cool. Well, uh, so, you know, here's uh, Norm and a couple of guys on Bill's board that say, well, that's that's a pressure release valve. And then you've got a crank knob up there. That's what ends up getting the hydrogen going. And, you know, the, the people that start applying that sort of Ron Cobb, uh, everything is functional um, practicality to things. You know, you're yeah. sort of filling in gaps. You're creating this pseudoscience to explain how things work, um, which uh, not uh, uh, not to toot the own <laughs> horn, but the, that might be a part of a certain book that's coming out soon. But uh, hey, Ooh, what, which which what who uh, what, what? Huh? Uh, print is dead. Print is pre-order dead. now. What pre-order now? Print is dead. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so the science must be sound. Oh, and and by the way, thank you again, Michael. Uh, for sending these emails every time we do this stuff it's uh we, <laughs> not emails <laughs> not, not emails, emails. Hawk. carrier carrier hawks yeah 
Uh, how you how you have the time to train those hawks too is is a mystery to yes, us as well. And what are their names? Tell <laughs> yes, us. And how we many do you have? Um, but hey, let's talk about the the actual science behind Ghostbusters. Must be sound uh, because uh, science fiction people are are taking note of Ghostbusters. At least answer the call. That is uh, because right. the uh, what is the name of the foundation? The Oh shoot! Oh. oh, it's the it's the World Science Fiction Convention members who have attended yes. these these conventions in 2016, 2017, and 2018. Uh, they're the ones that are responsible for the nominations and the votes for the Hugo Awards. Which, um, again, we talked about the Saturn Awards. Uh, the Hugo Awards are are very similar to that uh, prestigious awards, especially among the science fiction community, um, and and very very niche. You know, they also. Um, uh, but podcasts now are are recognized by the Hugo Awards. Um, fan writers, uh, f- fan fictions. Um, you know, uh, it's it's sort of a, an amalgamation of all sorts of pop culture uh, that ends up being recognized. And so, what they do is they take uh, two thousand four hundred and sixty four nominating ballots uh, from this group that uh, convenes at the World Science Fiction Convention, uh, which will be taking place in Finland this year in August. And uh, they nominate all the favorite things of the year. Finland, Finland, <laughs> the one place I'd most like to be. Welcome back to hey, singing the you. standards with uh, you. You triggered a Monty Python track. Well done. Yes, indeed. Um, so anyway, so uh, Ghostbusters answer the call is nominated for a Hugo Award for best dramatic presentation long form, uh, which is funny because it's it's a comedy. Uh, but, but dramatic presentation, long form, uh, very uh, science fiction way of saying movie. Um, movie. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, competition for uh, Ghostbusters is uh, Well, actually, fierce. no, they don't. The reason they call it long form rather than movie is because it uh, encompasses television as well. Because Stranger Things. Oh, well, uh, yeah, you're right. Stranger Things is one thing of the, is the competition. in the running. Yeah. yeah so, uh, which, I mean, that's, that's why I'm saying the competition here is fierce because Stranger Things, obviously near and dear to both of our hearts here on the show. That's right. Um, uh, Arrival uh, saw it and absolutely loved that movie as well. Yep. Uh, Deadpool, obviously, uh, head over heels for Deadpool. Uh, Hidden Figures, uh, admittedly have still not seen it, uh, but I do have my Academy Ooh. screener and I need to watch it. Uh, Shame on and, you. uh, rogue one and stranger things. So, yeah. uh, tough competition. And, and it's almost, I mean, you know, at, uh, to a certain extent, I can understand, uh, some of the eyebrow raises with this where I go really ghostbusters is in this company. I mean, I enjoy the movie and with every viewing it sort of, it ages well, like a, a fine wine with me. It's, uh, I try to keep in mind that Ghostbusters I've had for 30 years and I appreciate it on so many different levels. And this movie we've still only had since July of last year. Um, yeah. and, and so to be among those films was actually kind of surprising to me. I mean, were you surprised by this, Chris, especially given the, the other names that are in this nomination? I, I was a little, I was a little surprised. Sort of the thing about the Hugos, um, is that it tends to represent the thing that have made some sort of an impact, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really, that's why this long-form group, for example, is fairly disseparate, ranging from uh, the real-life biopic 
of the the female NASA mathematicians. Yeah, the, the, uh, the Apollo 13 mission, yeah. You know, the kind of the continuation of the Star Wars universe, uh, Deadpool, you know, an R-rated uh, bloodfest as a you know com- <laughs> comedy yeah. superhero sa- movie. Sa- a satire of, of superhero movies at that. Yeah. A, a miniseries love letter to 80s horror and science fiction and... Uh, Ghostbusters, which, you know, without belaboring the point, um, you know, kind of split the difference. And, oh, that ongoing discussion of the splitting the difference is, again, part of, I think, that that made, you know, meant it made a splash with some people. It was, um, it's not about necessarily about good or bad or quality. I mean, obviously, stuff that is regarded as bad's not in there. Uh, Notice that. Whereas in the Saturns, no, it's not the Saturns, but a couple of the other awards we've talked about recently, um, uh, Suicide Squad was in there. Nowhere to be found in this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a one where they had Deadpool, so you can't say, oh, well, they don't take superhero movies. No, no, they do. Yeah, they no, they acknowledge not interested yeah. In. So, yeah, I think it, it comes down to it's kind of a, it's a, a, a Zeitgeist Award. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if uh, I quite... Impact on pop culture. I mean, yeah, it, uh, that also... Yeah. Might, I mean, it's all a matter of perspective as well. You know, being being that this is a uh, an international audience... Um, mm-hmm, exactly. Germany, obviously, the movie did really well there. Uh, Japan, obviously, the movie did really well there. So, um, you know, the, the, yep. the, the split down the middle of people who liked the film, didn't like the film, who had no opinion of the film, uh, who had an opinion of the film and never saw it. Uh, I, I almost wonder if that also didn't really translate to international audiences, to to people that just went and saw the movie and enjoyed it and didn't get caught up in, in all of the exhausting stuff that happened as a precursor. So um, yeah. that's that's also intriguing. I wonder if that might be part of it as well. I mean, here in North America, we're so used to the noise we hear news wise, uh, we kind of see it as being, well, that's the news of the world. And, oh, the world's got its own stuff. And frankly, most of the time we don't factor into it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not, not to say, I mean, it's, it's not, this is not Rorotonga. Uh, obviously uh, people in in Germany and and Japan, everybody's on social media and, and all of the same sort of noise, the cacophony of noise exists. Uh, but yeah, it just, you know, uh, different, differing views, differing, uh, points of view. We assume, but it's not like you and I read too many German language news articles about Ghostbusters <laughs> or true. you know Japanese language ones. We saw the ones we could read, yeah, <laughs> and that well, was that was Canada, America. Australia and the UK. Yeah, and, uh, I, I mean, I the, here's here's the perspective that I have on it uh, as the uh, oblivious, naive American who can't do geography to save his life. Um, when we started this podcast, we called out to, uh, Ghostbusters in Japan. We had no idea if anybody was in Japan, if there was a fan group, if there were franchises, uh, and through the course of that, that's how we've met Naoki and we've been talking to him and he's been sending us stuff and back and forth. And, um, but up until that point, uh, there was sort of a, like a radio silence. I mean, not even a radio yeah. silence because it, I'm sure it was happening in Japan, but there was just never that bridge, never that connection between uh, this, this uh, oblivious uh, stupid American and an international Japanese audience. So um, I, again, I, I may even chalk some of this up to that, you know, uh, 
despite the box office returns, a lot of it was international. A lot of the the money that came in was an international box office return. So yeah, uh, this this movie, even though some of us may be uh, feeling lukewarm to it now, or you know, uh, I I have heard a few people that that enjoyed it when it came out, and they go back and they watch it now, and they say, yeah, you know, it just. I think I was just caught up in the moment, uh, and 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 that's totally understandable. It's all about the experience that you had, and maybe it doesn't hold up on repeat yeah. views. But, um, uh, you know, other people uh, had a differing opinion, and uh, uh, at least two thousand. Wait, what was the, what was the number? Two thousand four hundred and sixty-four uh, nominations. Uh, they they had another opinion. So. Yep. Um, regardless, good uh, you know, good luck to Ghostbusters answer the call and that Hugo Award should be a lot of fun. Uh, in addition to that Saturn Awards, so that's that's very cool. Um, what else, Chris? Oh, well, the next one is kind of a lengthy story. I don't. Do, let's save this. Let's save this for last. Let's let's keep the Ghostbusters answer the call train running. Um, All right. Because last week you mentioned that you had received a magazine from our friends at the Ghostbusters Resurrection podcast. I did. Uh, and and you promised uh, in in closing thoughts that you would investigate the name of the magazine, uh, the name of the <laughs> the kind soul who sent it to you. And so do you, do you want to catch people up on uh, what what that magazine was and who sent it to you? It was uh, Doug. <clears throat> Doug Banks with the Florida Ghostbusters, who's also the team that's running the. Uh, I did mention Ghostbusters Resurrection because I I knew I knew it was coming from them. I just couldn't remember which uh, team member was sending it and all that. But Doug sent me uh, uh, Post Magazine, and it's the 30th anniversary edition, and it's got the the team on the cover. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a full on industry mag. I'm not terribly familiar with post magazine yeah neither am i that's that's actually a new one to me and uh but I'm it is, I, I work in the yeah, industry i've never heard of it but it is industry uh like so the cover articles include war dogs director todd phillips vfx suicide squad music videos and audio for streamed content oh, so it is okay you know it is cinefx-esque and there's a um counting pages counting pages but uh, four pages, uh, and it's a big print magazine. It's you know more Rolling Stone size, so it's uh, even with the pictures in there, it's a good chunk of it. And it's an interview with uh, Peter Travers, Peter G. Travers, right? Yeah, Rolling Stones. Um, yeah, and yeah, they get Stone. in there and they uh, cover uh, uh, question one, discuss the effects of the film. He goes on for several paragraphs. Um. Uh, they talked about the uh, a bit about like the the LED lights sewn into costumes. Yeah. Uh, Was anything did anything here. stand out to you in terms of things we we hadn't known or, or even photos? Were there photos in there that you hadn't seen before? Um, let's see here. Photo wise, no. Kind of the same standard set that was. Uh, Oh, um, I think, however, in relation to this, there's a call-out at the end for the complete story on Ghostbusters visual effects, including an exclusive interview with MPC's VFX supervisor, Dave Seeger. We did see uh, the interview online with uh, uh, Dave Seeger, but this is related to it. Okay. Um, A report on Allura's 500 shots for the film, as well as our interviews with Halon Entertainment's pre-visualization supervisor, Clint G. Reagan, and Sony Sony Pictures Post-Production Services sound team. 
So um, I know we stumbled onto one. I don't know if we saw them all. So I, yeah, I don't remember anything them. about sound for for answer the call. Yeah, so this was like the print tease. Uh, let's see here. Ghostbusters was shot on location throughout Massachusetts on Airy Alexa XD cameras, edited on Avid, and was completed with nearly. Let's play a game. How many VFX shots do you think were in the movie? Ooh, that's a really. I kind of, I kind of gave you a leg up because I did mention that Allura did five hundred of them, but there's like four other companies that. Were. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, are we, are we over a thousand? Yes, we are over. Wow. A thousand. Um. 1250 1250 1700 nearly wow i mean that's it it makes sense i mean there's a lot especially in the third act there's a ton of vfx shots but huh yeah vfx tools included maya houdini and cloth massive nuke and arnold for people who are familiar with those uh we animated in maya use massive for crowds and houdini for all proton streams and particle effects Hmm. compositing was all nuke for rendering we used arnold and we have our own in-house version of arnold i can't speak for the other houses yeah i mean that's a lot of these houses have their own proprietary uh animation and modeling software yeah huh yeah well that's interesting like i said it's not uh, and they even uh, doug mentioned in his letter he's like it's not cinefax but you know this is pretty good well yeah it's like a copy Still better than uh, you know nothing, absolutely, and 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 the, now we have to seek out these other articles because I'm I'm intrigued by the post production sound one and there's yeah. a, a lot so of stuff we'll in there that we that to, up. yeah I want to find it if only just to pull it out and because um, that's something I was meaning to do I don't scrapbook but I think I think I have, a, I, have a, I want to do a nerd version of scrapbooking which is where I take all the online uh, interviews and articles and all that and compile them together and maybe go to one of those online print-on-demand places and just make myself a tiny little booklet. I'll make my own sin effects <laughs> with hookers and blackjack. <laughs> so, so I want to go to Post Magazine's website and find those other interviews and kind of pull it all together. I was going to say, yeah, pull, before they've uh, uh, Paul Rudolph them so that they don't disappear on us and we, we don't have them anymore. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, it looks like we're not going to get, you know, the equivalents that we had with the first movie uh, and to a lesser degree, the second movie. And, you know, you and I both know we've been doing this long enough. Stuff on the internet just sort of Yeah. Can't rely on it being there forever. So. so. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. put put that scrapbook together while you still can. So yeah. a big thank you to for Doug descending. That, that was very funny. They, they apparently they listen all the time. And, yeah, awesome. And we'll we'll seek out those <laughs> other articles to, and talk about those too. Yeah, listen listen to me complain enough, and maybe that's what it was. It was like, <laughs> dear Chris, shut up. Here you go. God, enough about sin effects already. Yeah, no the uh, the Ghostbusters Resurrection guys. They actually reached out to us on Twitter and and. Uh, we we know they're listening, and and the feeling is is mutual. We're listening to uh, all of their awesome episodes as well. So if you're not familiar yeah. with Ghostbusters Resur- Resurrection, uh, seek they, it out. It's, sorry, I was going to interrupt. I said they lit a little fire under you. They, I've noticed they they did. Oh, they you got did. An itch. We I've got an about itch. This. Uh, we're I'm I'm I, I want to play. I want to get the the Ghostbusters manuals in hand, and I want to absorb them again. <laughs> And then I want to sit down for an entire weekend and just play an entire campaign. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I blame them. They're, they're my gateway drug, uh, because In every the time an episode comes out, I'm like, that sounds like so much fun. 
I want to do that. Blame in the best sense of the word. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not a bad thing. Absolutely. It's not a bad thing. But We hold them fully responsible. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, GB Resurrection. Uh, it's a, a audio drama um, uh, r- role-playing Ghostbusters experience. Uh, you have to listen to it. it. It goes really well with morning commutes. I'll just say that. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, uh, and going back to our earlier discussion about slimes, they themselves have kind of... I don't know how it jives with some of the stuff that's coming out now in the comics, but they put a lot of work into lifting the video game slimes and uh, incorporating them into their yeah. Oh, slime, so, slime tethers, and they, yes. they tethered a, a mailbox at one point. That was a lot of fun. A, a possessed mailbox. It's a fantastic mailbox. thing yeah. to run off with. Like it, it's something they just made as a. It's a very much a video game mechanic. It's special slime that's kind of elasticy, so you can tether things, and you know that's very video gamey. But yeah. they've picked it up and they're running with it in the game world and as a tool yeah fun so instead of you know shooting things with nuclear lightning all the time they're looking for they're looking for other rube goldbergian <laughs> solutions to problems by tethering things together and all that yeah yeah and it uh, it prevents what we were talking in the cyclotron uh, with john about you know shoot first ask questions later uh you don't just That's walk right. into a scenario and blow stuff up uh, as much uh, fun they, as that is but they do a lot of ghostbusters too they do a lot of positive slime hosing to uh, incapacitate things and yeah. and people uh crowd control they've used that a lot in 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 harsh aggressive situations to just mellow people out so <laughs> hit them with that positively charged slime yeah that's right i uh, love you guys <laughs> yeah everybody well, get together and sing some loggins messina together it'll there be you go right. yeah uh, i'm all right <laughs> don't nobody worry about me yeah uh well hey good good segue there chris uh the little i'm all right <laughs> Uh, because I feel like that is a good theme song to this next story. It's not necessarily Ghostbusters related, but it, it is it is Dan Aykroyd related. And it is mm-hmm. about something that's near and dear to uh, our hearts, uh, vodka. So um, so <laughs> Dan's Crystal Head Vodka, we're all, we know it, we love it, we're familiar with it. Uh, and especially the trademark bottles. You know, that's, yes. that's uh, let's say 75, no, let's say 85% of the reason that you buy Crystal Head Vodka is just for the cool bottle. Cool um, bottle. So uh, I'm sure everybody's familiar as well now that there is a tequila company out there, uh, KAH, that has these sort of Day of the Dead sugar skull looking uh, skulls that they put their uh, fine liqueur into. And it's very, very similar. In fact, a little too similar. It looks mm-hmm. just like somebody painted over one of the Crystal Head vodka bottles. Um, and so there was a, a, a lawsuit. Um, I, do, I forget how long ago the last lawsuit was, but essentially it was Crystal Head Vodka suing them for infringement upon their, their intellectual property. That's our bottle. That's Everybody has come to associate the Crystal Head Skull bottle with our brand. Um, you're trying to encroach upon our um, our market share and yeah. uh, and also people will be they'll think that you are associated with us, which you are not. Um, and they lost the lawsuit. Uh, people looked at it as this big David and Goliath thing. Well, you know, Crystal Head Vodka is this huge company and this is a small tequila company and you're just trying to bully them so that they, they go away. Um, well, it turns out, um, there was this above the law.com article that Mr. Dan Aykroyd actually posted today as we're recording this. And it sounds like a Perry Mason episode. It is one of the most intriguing 
compelling, surprising stories uh, that I've read about a, a lawsuit case in a really long time to the point where I, I want Dan Aykroyd to make this as a movie. It feels like he should buy the rights <laughs> to his own story here. Um, because so here's what happened. So there, after this lawsuit, there was, you know, there was an appeal and, and that sort of procedure began. Um, and it turned out that the designer of the bottle, of uh, the, the tequila bottle, that is, um, he was hired by the CEO or the COO of the tequila company. And well, he, he sculpted a bottle and she wasn't happy with it. And so she went to him with a bottle of crystal head vodka and literally like the, the, the bane of prop builders existence said, mold this and replicate it. This is what I want. Uh, and he, Oh, okay, sure. And he did that. Uh, and, and here's where it gets dicey in court, in the original trial, the COO or the CEO, whoever of, of the tequila company said, I have never heard of crystal head vodka in my life. And at the time that we designed the bottles, I didn't even know that it existed, even though crystal head vodka had been around for three to four years. So she lied on the stand about this and worse, she went to the designer of her bottle and handed him crystal head vodka and, and said, make this, this is what I want my bottles to look like. Um, to the point where after she had done that, she went back to, to the designer and had him point out differences between the bottles so that they can, uh, go back to the courtroom and say, well, here's how our bottle is different. Much like, uh, if you remember when vanilla ice was sued by the queen, uh, people for s stealing under pressure. And he said, you know what? Mine's different guys. There's goes, Dun, 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 dun. mine goes dun, 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 dun. like no it's the same song come on so they did that as well now you're wondering how did this all come to light well in the process of of the the appeals lawsuit the designer was approached to testify again and he said you know what i, I don't want to testify again about this but i will talk to dan Aykroyd." makes sense. Dan seems like an approachable guy. He'll understand the story. If I tell him what happened, he'll understand that I, I didn't know. And I was just doing as I was told and as I was ordered. Um, and so Dan Aykroyd, this guy's a tattoo artist went with his representation to the guy's tattoo parlor. Um, and in exchange for him revealing the entire truth about this, they had him sign a release that said, we're not holding you responsible. We know that this is not your fault. You were just your work for hire. Um, even though you, you probably know you were doing something wrong. Uh, but you know, so, uh, sign this waiver and tell us everything. And this is what, this is what happened. The guy told them everything. He's saying like a canary to use the cliche. Um, and so apparently all of this now, they, this is what they present at the trial. This, this new appeal that just happened over the last couple of weeks, um, and Dan Aykroyd got up there and he testified and the designer got up there and testified and it, it became this huge dramatic thing. And, and of course the jury heard all of this evidence and saw that all of this had happened, um, and voted in crystal head vodka's favor. Um, they've, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's very clear. It's very nice day that should. these bottles are, <laughs> they are very clearly. And, and to the point where when I saw it the first time I thought, Oh, that's cool. They're making tequila now. 
it got me. I thought that they were a, a, a symbiotic relationship here, that Crystal Head Vodka had moved on to, to other uh, brands, other liquors. So, um, I mean, it's it's funny to be talking about a lawsuit on a Ghostbusters podcast, but it's just, it was such a great story. And I actually, I implore you, go check out this article on, on um, AboveTheLaw.com uh, or hit up Dan Aykroyd's Facebook or Twitter because he posted about it today because... It's just, it's, it's a page turner. And then after you finish reading the article, they have excerpts from the, the court transcripts. And it's just a bizarre thing where the CEO, CEO of the company, the tequila company is up there. And, uh, and, and, and they ask point blank questions like you were not familiar with crystal head vodka in 2005 when you were making yours. Well, I was having a difficult time in my life and, Okay, but did you take the bottle of Crystal Head vodka to your designer? And then there's you know objections, and it's just it's it's it needs to be some sort of a teledrama somewhere somehow. I don't I don't care if the Lifetime Channel makes this as a movie. It has to be made into some sort of a, a movie somewhere. Yeah. Um. So uh, this is all a very um long winded uh, Troy's parched way of saying Crystal Head vodka. Congratulations. We're still waiting for our free samples. Every time we met, we tag you. Every time we talk about you on the show, we we don't get our free samples. What I what what can we do? Help us help you give us vodka. That's that's. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go 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 stoppers! I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at four seven zero two four two four seven four two. That's four seven zero two G B H Q I C. We also have a Facebook page and Twitter accounts. Spent is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. And I've lost my voice, Chris. That's, that's it. That's the end. My long crystal head vodka story has brought well. me to a close. You did very well. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's, I, I'm excited, Chris. I'm excited, but I, I don't want to talk about why I'm excited. I, I do. I do. I, next week, do. next week is a milestone for us. And uh, we, we don't really measure a lot of milestones. We keep our, our eyes forward on the road. And um, even though we, we do talk about, well, I think this is our 80th podcast, our 90th podcast. Um, we don't tend to celebrate too much. Uh, next week, we are going to celebrate. Um, we are going to celebrate the 100th episode of the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. And we're going to do it with a bang. We're going to do it with a surprise. Um, I don't want to tell you what that surprise is because that would ruin the surprise, guys. Uh, but so, yeah, stay tuned. Next week is going to be a fun one that you do not want to miss. But in the meantime, we got some final thoughts coming from Chris Stewart, right? It's it's happening, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. My my Dustin Busters t-shirt's on its way. Oh, yes. The, the Dustin Busters t-shirts uh, have been shipping. Gatton's, uh, is it Smiles? Oh, shoot. What was the name of his charity? 
Smiles. It was something smiles. <laughs> Can't recall. Well, that was we failed. Fail. Uh, but the t-shirt's on know, the way. The t-shirt is on its way. A few people have gotten theirs already. Being in Canada, mine is still crossing a border, but uh, those within the United States, uh, they've started getting their copies already. So uh, I'm kind of excited. I'm waiting for mine to show up. Yeah, speaking of Stranger Things, that's uh, the perfect yeah. mashup there. The Stranger Things Ghostbusters t-shirt. Uh, I Wait, I ordered one. Where's mine? Now that I'm thinking did, about it. Did you get your email about it being shipped? No. Oh dear, Gatton, what gives, man? Did you forget oh. about old Troy? <laughs> That's I'm gonna have to go dig through my emails. I didn't see it. Maybe it ended up in the spam folder. But anyway, enough Ooh. about me. You got your, your your yours is on the way, so that's good. Yeah, I got the notice that it's uh, shipped and it's uh, headed my way. Your order has been shipped uh, through Represent.com. That's where they were selling it. Kate Matarazzo's newest tea. Up, up, up. No, this is all about the... Um... Oh, shoot. Yeah, I was going to try to find his charity because I wanted to give them a shout-out, obviously. We'll a good, do it. Good we'll cause. do it. We can do it. <laughs> on here. We're so out of it right now. Uh, but yes, the big week next week. I guess I better figure out a drink for next week. I think yeah. there's any episode that yeah. requires a drink. We need us. I mean, champagne, something. But uh, oh, CCD Smiles. I found it. Here we go. There we CCD go. Smiles is the name of the charity. So, um, and uh, if you missed out on the T-shirt, uh, you can still donate. Um, he's <laughs> he's moved on. He's moved on from T-shirts to uh, phone calls. So if you donate to his. Uh, charity you might get a phone call from him uh so the website you need to go to is startsomegood.com slash ccd hyphen smiles that's uh ccd hyphen smiles that's that's the way you go to uh maybe get a phone call from him that would be cool maybe he calls you from the stranger things set and you can ask him questions nice yeah that would be great um so yeah uh next week you gotta have a drink man let's uh, no pressure I'll think on it. And it's been a while since we've done a, a fine uh, cross-rip cocktail, so. I was kind of pondering. I've got, um, I obviously have a number of cans of Ecto Cooler here. That uh, uh, I was, I don't know, pondering like uh, a rum drink, like a zombie. You know, something with like uh, fruit, fruit juice and rum. I thought maybe. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, all right. I think I'm going to shoot for some sort of zombie. I wonder how cheap champagne and Ecto Cooler would mix. Probably not well, Ooh, well I would maybe. guess. But what would you call it? Not a mimosa, but... Uh, um, hmm. See, mine, Mom if I do mimosa. mine, I'm going to call it, uh, what, a zombie cabbie. <laughs> yeah, a zombie cabbie. There you go. Yeah, okay. I'm going to invent a zombie cabbie. Right, zombie cabbie and, uh, coming next week. And then you, uh, Ecto Cooler and Champagne. Champagne and Ecto Cooler. Well, we'll, well people, think about people that can feel free to call in and give us their suggestions. Yeah, for give us drink game. ideas, celebratory drink ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so definitely uh, don't don't miss next week. I'm sure you won't. If you're listening to this show, you're probably not going to miss next week. So that's, that's probably a given. But uh, it's going to be a fun one. Stay tuned. It's only seven days away. Until then, guys, we'll see you on the other side. Who you gonna call? We got Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlaying with Toys.net. You could be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh.
Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to love it. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. Weird. What, what did I do? What did I get wrong this time? No. <laughs> <laughs>